0: Come on in. Join me. Let's talk. Let's talk about your health. Let's talk about how do you get through things. Let's talk about how do you deal with your kids, your significant other, your job. What do you do when your health is failing, but you're still struggling to move forward? Well, let's talk and understand from multiple perspectives. Come on in. Health and Triumph, the Struggle to Overcome. And we will overcome together. Hey, let's talk. This is Health and Triumph, The Struggle to Overcome. I'm Melvin Ward. Let's talk about COVID. You know, just random thoughts. Um, We have this movement where we have everyone Either rushing for the vaccine or running away from the vaccine. Wherever you fit on the fence, that's your choice. You know, we all make our choices. You make your choice, you're gonna live with your choice. It's you. Um, everybody, some people worrying about government conspiracy, more so than they worry about health, that's still on your um, plate. Most of the people that are like me with debilitating conditions, like, you know, it's already decided amongst us what we wanna do, because we have to trust medicine anyway. But let's talk about COVID. I call it COVID right in the middle of getting radiation treatment. If you listen to the show, you heard me say that before on um, several occasions. I'm not bashful about it. Um, I work in the public, so I limited my exposure to the public by staying home while I was getting treatment in the beginning, before the uh, symptoms got to the point where I couldn't work anyway. I was the one that was always out there, like, washing stuff and, you know, uh, multiple things, a hand sanitizer, rubber gloves, uh, sometimes double the gloves, two face masks on, because I figured, you know, I'm getting radiation, you're you're actually killing cells in my body to kill the ones that you need to kill. That in itself is a um, trauma to the body, and then getting COVID, nah, nah, we just wasn't trying to go there. So, Unlucky as I am at times, hey, right near Christmas, I catch COVID. Okay, now automatically, I'm feeling sick near the Christmas holidays, so I know I'm messed up. Okay, it's going to be a problem. So I go to get my test two days before Christmas. I had a fever before I got the test and scheduled it. So I kind of knew I had COVID cause I never catch fevers even with all this going on with me uh, physically and the cancer and the symptoms and the other stuff going on. Never got a fever, never gets fever, never get fevers. I had one, so I knew something was up and then, you know, worst possible thing. So I get my test results a little bit later cause of the Christmas holiday, you know, workers got to take off too. Test results come back, Oh, COVID, I call the hospital. Call my doctor um call my doctor at the hospital my specialist if you feel bad go in you can stay home now do this do that practice your breathing just try to ride it out you know we'll rearrange stuff so we'll just keep it moving okay fine no problem do as instructed <laughs> one day i can't get up gotta go to the hospital i mean i literally was dreading getting up to go to the bathroom. I was doing good to that point, you know, the cough and a little bit of fatigue or whatever, but I was still doing good, you know, no problem. I'm saying to myself, I got this, I got this. I'm a big, I'm 6'3", 250, I'm in shape, even with my debilitating conditions, and that's true. That's another conversation. I always try to um, push my body because my body, is my temple, and it always betrays you, but you always betray it if you don't put the work in. So I always put the work in, even with the debilitating condition. I didn't just soak my head and was like, oh, the end is near. No, we're going to try to fight this as long as we can. So I'm feeling good about it. Then that day hit. Okay. Got to call rescue. Rescue takes me where I want to be, you know. Um, The rescue workers. I'm happy because it's two big guys, so they help carry me. Now I'm a big guy. They, you know, they big guys. They help me uh, down the steps. They don't want to use the gurney. That's fine. (laughs) I'm walking down the steps, holding on to the walls. All my neighbors. We live in a nice area. So all my neighbors have cameras up. You know, so I know they're watching in the cameras. You know, years ago when you were like living in the 80s and the 90s, people used to poke their heads. You could see them, their eyes. The shades move and then through their eyes when somebody went through the, <laughs> to the hospital you know so i'm giggling because i know they're watching you know um my wife is telling me while i'm in the hospital later on that yeah the, the neighbors put out the trash for us so you know they were watching they was pulling out putting out the trash and putting the cans back so she didn't have to do it so it's like, <laughs> i know they was laughing i mean i know they was watching like ooh, what's going on they think you know they probably figured it was covid anyway and probably didn't want to come near me when I came back, which, you know, I I was in the hospital for four days, which the treatment they gave me worked pretty fast. Um, first, they put you in ICU. And I got to say, every hospital is the same. ICU, the staff can look through the room and see what's going on. But here's the big problem with that. You can look out the room and see what's going on. So I'm in ICU and I'm looking across, People on ventilators. Like, <laughs> I got COVID. I'm in the hospital and everybody around me on ventilators. So you start thinking to yourself, oh, this may not end up as well as I think it is. Now, I'm not going to I'm not saying it's a detriment to the hospital. I mean. They do what they got to do. They, they need to be able to see you to make sure you're OK. But I do think it's funny later on when you look out, you know, your eyes get real big, like you got x-ray vision and you zooming in like, oh, hell, is that a ventilator? So um, and now, like I said, when I'm telling this story, it's funnier after the fact. Then I get out of there the next day and they give me some kind of um, treatment. The drugs they gave me worked well, and then they gave me some kind of treatment when they gave me um, healthy antibodies from somebody that had the same blood type as me. Uh, But when they're telling me in the hospital, which I thought was funny, when they're telling me, my wife called me, and I had to tell them my password to open my phone. And they were laughing at my password to open the phone when they put it in because it's really like crazy i'm not going to tell you the password because i don't need everybody opening my phone but it was a phrase not a group of numbers and it was a stupid ass phrase and they were laughing at that and i remember laughing with them and then they were telling me that i had the, the um antibodies put in well all i heard was transfusion So I'm sitting down there and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm not really conscious of what's going on, I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I'm in and out of it. And I'm thinking to myself, am I gonna be one of those movies from the 70s where somebody got a transfusion and then they started acting like the person (laughs) that they got the transfusion from? Now I'm um, just a little bit south of 50. So I'm saying to myself, I hope I get the transfusion from a 20 year old that's physically fit and in shape. So I can, you know, increase my stamina. And, uh, <laughs> and then later on, I said to myself, well, you got a transfusion for somebody that survived COVID, but they were sick at some point. Otherwise, you know, when they had COVID, they were sick. So I thought that was hilarious. Uh, after that, uh, in the hospital, they give you uh, oxygen. I think the oxygen they had me on was like 2 or 3% after the second day. I was doing real well. And... um they kept telling me while I was in the bed, like, you know, we don't want you to get up and move around. We can put like, you know, the stuff underneath you or we can put, we can bring you something so you can urinate. And I remember saying to myself, I only need that. And I kept unplugging the IV and walking to the back because I could walk to the bathroom with no problem. And after I did it like two times in the morning, they started um, they started um, just accepting that I was going to walk there. And they gave me the IV that didn't have to be like, that would fit and reach all the way there. So my COVID tail was, um, they were, where I stayed, they were excellent, they were really nice, but it's just like, it was funny. (laughs) They have plastic on the room doors where I stayed at. And so the bigger people would have a problem getting down there to get to the zipper, to pull the zipper up, to come into the room. It looked like something from a damn TV show, uh, you know. We say we never gonna forget these things. There's so many funny things that happened that I'm never gonna forget myself. Um, I'm never gonna forget. They told me I had diabetic ketoacidosis. I didn't even know what that meant. Three days later, I had to Google it. They said I wasn't taking my medicine for months. I mean, for me, it was just that night that I couldn't get up, because I couldn't get up and take my medicine. But um, I would love to hear your COVID tale. We all have tales with it, um, you know, trying to stay away from people, people trying to stay away from you. Now, after I came home for a while and I still quarantined for maybe about 14 days, I think it was, just to be safe. When I came out, my neighbors would all look at me. When I came out and jumped in my car like, are you okay? Because <laughs> they didn't want to catch that. They, they thinking it was COVID. Um, but those are my COVID tales. little bit funny, a little fun thing to talk about, something to think about. Now, with that being said, I um, scheduled an injection and my injection that I had scheduled was like my job gave it out. So it was within maybe about 30 days after I caught COVID. And then I went and got my first injection. And then a week later, the CDC comes out and says, uh, if you had COVID, wait 90 days till you get an injection because you have some immunity going on. Well, I had my injection. So what did I do? I got the second one. And then after I got the second one, they came out further with the report, adding stuff to the report, saying, if you got an injection after you did the 90 days, you may not need a second injection. So I just thought it was funny, the unpredictability of it. Um the stuff that you had to go through, not knowing what decision is the right decision, you know, it makes life a little bit interesting. So, those are my COVID tell or my COVID tell. Do you have a COVID tell? Please reach out to me on social media on Instagram is that dude Mel or Melvin Ward, or reach out to me on Facebook is Melvin Ward. Just look up Melvin Ward also have a youtube channel combustible elements where we talk about everything trying to fix stuff together so you know um this is just another way of getting towards people and talking about things that really matter you know not just living in this world but existing in this world and a youtube channel is about fixing this world from the bottom to the, to the top we can fix our problems we just have to be motivated to fix them and we have to have a conversation to fix them because just because you have an answer doesn't make it the right answer but you get closer to the right answer when you have multiple perspectives and even if you try something and it doesn't work well you learn more from failing than you do succeed and that is the ultimate truth in life so thank you for joining me for health and triumph the struggle to overcome Where well, we have a Sunday conversation, but any day of the week. I'm Melvin Ward, Big Mel, if you like, and I look forward to talking to you again.